Uh, hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, uh, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we uh, look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta every nine months or so. Uh, I'm here with Josh Lane. Uh, we're here to talk about the draft and anything else of recent vintage that applies to the local NBA franchise, the Atlanta Hawks. Welcome, Josh. Hey, hey. Thanks for uh, bringing me in today. I'm, you know, it's such an honor to be on here, hear your voice. I hear the voice behind the tweets. I, I love it. Love it that I'm here. Um, I have, I'm rusty. So like putting together sentences, like writing is fine, but my entire life has been email and Twitter and, you know, I teach one math class on Zoom. That's pretty much all the dialogue that I get, and I don't get to talk basketball. So uh, I'm willing for this to be quite a disaster. Oh, my goodness. And if people who know me, they know I love drama and and train wrecks. And you know what? We're just going to do this. Let's rust it out. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that's it. Hopefully that's <laughs> the only the only problem with rusting it out is that there's like a forty percent chance that I'm going to delete this accidentally before it actually gets to the air. So we'll see. <laughs> oh heck yeah! All right, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's it's not just the rusty on the mic; it's rusty on everything. Um, the Hawks, against all odds. Uh, kept the number six pick, kept the number 50 pick, and selected Onyeka Okongwu. Um, I need to know what you think here. First reactions. First reactions is congratulations. You got the pronunciation correct. Oh, I know. know about that. that. Great job. Great job. Um, hey, so this is one of those weird drafts um, that is just kind of like, I didn't know where who was going to go where. I was honestly kind of surprised that nobody was traded at all. Like, for how much talk for trade, nothing happened. But, yeah, like you said, against all odds, the Hawks uh, kept the number six pick. They drafted a defensive-minded um, forward, power forward slash center. Um, with thinking of the pick, you know, I like it. It complements um, – the, the, that Trey Young guy, I hear he's a pretty important offensive player for the Hawks, but compliments him pretty well. Um, um, Akonwu can defend on the perimeter. He can defend around the basket. He's really young. Like, I didn't even know this guy turns, what, 20 next month? He's still 19. So yeah. really young. There's a lot he can learn. And then if you just want to go full tinfoil hat crazy thinking right now, thinking at that age, who knows if he's done growing. So you never know. Um, I was thinking of some comparisons for him. Um, do you do Hawks fans remember how much of annoyance that um, younger or not even younger, but at least four years ago, Tristan Thompson was yeah. against the Hawks? That's 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 a good I like that. Yeah, I I thought about that and I was like, you know, Tristan Thompson compliments a lot of not just Trey. You could throw him in there next to um say a player like John Collins who you know, um <laughs> I I'm trying not to say it, 
defensively challenged. Is that a safe word to use or am I being too cruel, Kale? Um, well, I, I, I think the, 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 the fair criticism for John is just almost like a physical thing like they've been saying for Toppin all week. It's like his hips aren't fluid. It's like, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what it is. Uh, he's probably more fluid than Toppin, especially after a few years in the NBA. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's tricky. He, def- he certainly was for, he's played three seasons. For a season and a half, absolutely. And he's slowly gotten better. And he was pretty good last year. And good Lord, like, the defense was just a train wreck last year. Like, if you're playing next to Jabari Parker, if you're playing next to Damian Jones, when you're, honestly, when you're playing with Trey Young, I mean, there, there were not a lot of plus defenders that he got to play with. And he was still, you know, pretty good. So, you know, we haven't. We haven't gotten to simultaneously see John at John's best with teammates who are at their best. So, right, I, I right. think there's and, a fair to still hold out hope. I'm not sure that we've seen it yet. I just think there there were enough holes last year that, you know, he he's not the guy that's going to cover up everybody since. Yeah, well, you know, Okonwu with bringing him in, he's a young player that, to me, he just seems like you plug. It's a you know. Maybe not for this season, but for the future that you can plug in that can complement those that carry more um, of a workload on offense. And I see him kind of just filling in there, at least the optimistic Josh Lane thinks that. And one other just, you know, kind of positive thing is you think about Clint Capella being on this roster. And now don't think about it like a log jam, but you just think like, Huh. Uh, Economy is essentially going to be the modern day defensive center. Who better to learn from, or at least just watch and practice every single day, than Clint Capella? Um, so that that was just my last quick thought. I feel like I'm rambling and talking too much. Like I said, I'm rusty at this. Yeah. No. I. I it's. Uh, it's um. It's tricky. It's uh. It's like. Even tonight, you know, Okongu got asked, you know, about the BAM comparisons. And, he, you know, he kind of put the brakes on that. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I aspire to be like that. But, uh, you know, BAM was an all-star this year, and it took him, you know, a few seasons to get to that point. Um, you know, he right. hopes to take a similar trajectory. And I, you know, I'm not really concerned about, I, you know, I don't think he's going to be... Let's put it this way. When you draft a defensive player as a 19-year-old, you don't really expect him to be a good defensive player as a 19-year-old. It's going to take some time. I think that he he's a bit player in the rotation this year. That's not a tragedy. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I think he's kind of the future of the center position. Just if you look across the NBA, there were just, you know, when it came to the playoffs in the bubble this season, there were just some centers that I didn't trust. I didn't trust Rudy Gobert. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by Jokic, but like Milwaukee's defense, I just didn't trust them because I didn't think that they were flexible enough in the styles that they could play. You know, when you're rolling out Brook Lopez, you're pretty much just going to play Bud's uh, drop, pick, and roll coverage over and over again. And it, 
I think that you have to have a more mobile center who can be more versatile. Um, I liked tonight that when Travis was talking to the media, and this is really harping on the minutia, but I think the quote was, he moves his feet very, very well in pick-and-roll coverages. And I love the fact that he used the word coverages, plural, because I think mm-hmm. that's really why he drafted him. Is not really that he can be good in one pick-and-roll style. It's that he can be good in all pick-and-roll styles. Like if he's going to hedge and, and be out there in an aggressive scheme, he can do that. If he's going to drop and he needs to protect the rim, I think he can do that. And I think it remains to be seen a little bit, but I, I sort of suspect that he'll be pretty good as a switcher too. Um, and you just look across the NBA and that that's – you know, it's not really just Bam, but even somebody like, you know, Bam's a ceiling, but even if you're looking at somebody like Boston, they they were pretty good in the playoffs with Daniel Tice at center. Um, the, uh, the Lakers, they won a championship, and, you know, Dwight and JaVale did some stuff, but in the end, uh, putting Anthony Davis at center for those last couple of games was a really nice luxury to have that kind of versatile big man in there. Um I just think that that's kind of the wave of the future. And I think, you know, if you look at all the guys in this draft, even maybe going back to last draft, you know, who who's going to be a mobile center that can do this kind of thing? I think Okongwu is, is the one. So modern day center. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's very, very good point. <laughs> um, and, and Travis tonight, I should add, we should I should slip this in at some point. Might as well just slap it in now. But, you know, he was asked, can he play power forward? And the answer was basically, well, if the other team is using two bigs, then we can use two bigs. And, you know, I don't think you're going to see him out there with Capella. I think that would be kind of a train wreck. But to put him out there with Collins or put him out there with Deadman, that that might be reasonable. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking about Deadman earlier today. <laughs> Um, I mean, Deadman was perfect for John Collins' development. Like, early yeah. on in John's career, it's like, I get to be the power forward on defense, and I, I get to be the center on offense, and, and that was really good for John to be able to do that. It helped him get a lot of minutes and, and get comfortable in the NBA. And, you know, Deadman struggled last year, and who knows, things are different, but, uh, you know, Deadman's only going to be here for one year, but if it... If he comes off the bench with a Kong Wu and makes a Kong Wu comfortable in his role the way he did for Collins, that would be nice. Yeah, Collins, when he came in, he, you know, he was a rim, I'll just say from my end watching, he was a rim runner. And my right, and Deadman made that possible. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. And my understanding with um, at least reading the profile and looking at what I've seen with the Kanwu, he kind of has that same rim running ability um, off of the pick and roll and off of just um, following up missed shots. And with Deadman's ability to space the floor that we have seen and, you know, kind of like how you mentioned last year was kind of shaky, but we, we as Hawks fans who have watched Deadman in the past, he's able to spread open the floor, which really helped with John Collins' ability Um Right there. So you're right. Maybe optimistically, crossing my fingers, optimistically, we might be able to see that same kind of thing go on. Yeah. And the other thing that's nice about it is that Debman's just, uh, 
Deadman's a, oh. a good person. Like <laughs> he's the kind of guy you he's the kind of veteran you would want teaching a younger player. He's he's not going to be an a hole. Um, uh, it is funny. It, exactly. That's where I was going to go, and then all of a sudden I froze up because it's it's hilarious that like for Deadman, yeah. like for years and years his kryptonite has been uh, Nick Vucevic just just absolutely melts to pieces against another USC guy. But I don't I don't think that's going to be the case here. I, I think they can bond on that USC connection and, and make something nice coming off the bench. Okay. Uh, I like it. Kind of just. I, I think they can bond. We'll see. I, th- I think they have one mind. One mind. that They're going to fuse their minds together. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, oh, there was something else Travis did that was, I was going to mention. Hmm, what was it? What was it? brainstorm i told you i'm rusty and i'm just sitting here like staring at the recording i've looked at it like 400 times like is the clock still rolling is is the little ticker still showing that it's recording my voice did i accidentally stop it but we're good so far it looks like let me ask you two things um one there's this rumor about him having something wrong with his foot oh and and Um, schlank acknowledged that he said tonight that uh you know, there is, what's the term, um, a stress fracture under one of his big toes. Um, okay. And he said that I think the information that he had was based on something from like four weeks ago and that it was a very minor injury. And so that I think he was positive that it was uh, a while back for one and two, that it wasn't going to be serious. He said something to the effect of, you know, we're, we're not concerned that it's going to be a long-term issue. He made it sound like something pretty minor. Uh, so I don't think he had any recent information on it. But I think it was from a few weeks ago and uh, minor enough from a few weeks ago that honestly he's probably just hopeful that it's it's close to better by now. I don't think that they're anticipating anything significant in terms of like missing half a season or anything like that. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I, I but, wanted to ask. And that's the other – oh, sorry. To just shoehorn in one thing before we leave the topic. It, Go ahead. You know, I know a lot of people have concerns that are, are like uh, – there are so many big men, and we haven't mentioned Bruno Fernando, but like even if you have five bigs, like look at Dwayne Dedman's career. Like he's he's a you know in an eighty-two game season, he's usually like a sixty games a season guy. Capella, uh, you know, is coming off an injury. Uh, Kongu has what he's dealing with now. Um, Collins has been something of a workhorse, uh, which is nice. Uh, although you know, even in his second season, like the tail end of it. Or maybe it was the beginning of it, but his whole second season, he was kind of slowly coming back for something. I mean, if if you get these guys to play uh, a full season, a full season for them might be 80% of their minutes. So if, if four out of five of them are good to go at any point in time, that, that's a good thing. And, you, and you, then you want to play those four guys. Like it, It's not bad to have five decent big men because you look at the historically over their careers and these aren't, you know, these aren't 100% of the games in a season kind of guys. Sorry, yeah. I just it's, wanted to wedge that in before we left that topic. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I keep butting in. I told you I'm rusty. You no, know, oh man, this is this is your podcast. I I was kind of afraid to jump in and ask you. You were going on a roll. Um, no, with what you said, I kind of I can kind of see it. I not kind of see it. I do see it. And also just thinking like, you know, guys that size just running up and down the floor that many games in a year. It's just you you have to prepare. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I don't think that's a lot, you know, log jam at all, but also, Hey, this, 
also, I believe you mentioned this with uh, Deadman, but he's he's going to be gone, say, in a year. <laughs> um, right. Is that I, fair to say? I mean, Travis called it a, con- uh, a contract year, and he also mentioned something to the effect, and it's really wonderful how honest and open Travis is. I can't emphasize that enough. It's like if you ask a question and it's not something that like legally he can't answer, he's pretty much going to shoot the straight shit with you. But he said something like, hey, it's good that these guys are going to have to compete for their minutes. Like I think he used some, either that phrase or something very close to it. Like Okung was a 19-year-old and it could be rough for him in his first season and if he's going to be good enough to be out there on the court, you know, he's going to have to kind of show it, prove it. And, you know, he'll get there eventually, but if he's not ready and he's not ready, then there are other guys who are ready to go. So, like, depth is not really a problem, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. And long-term, yeah, there will be room for a Congo. Like, you know, he said Deadman's in a contract year. He literally, literally brought that point up tonight with not really a whole lot of hesitation. Like, clearly the, the future is, is, is going to be something with maybe Capella and a Congo and you know, now there are decisions to be made about drumroll. John Collins got a gut oh. feeling on that. Well, John Collins, he he has something coming up, I believe, but that that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Wait, we just gonna skirt that one? What? That's, that's fair. John, we John can skirt that. I, that's true. I didn't really ask you to prepare for that one, did I? Well, okay. Um, <laughs> if, I told you, you I if if you want my thought on that, um, they they're gonna have to bring John. I mean, I'm just thinking, looking looking at the makeup of the team of right. just the makeup of it. I'm thinking they're gonna have to bring John back, and I'm trying I'm trying to think of how to say this um, kindly about um, sports teams and cities, but. Of what of what I have gathered with watching on the outside as a fan of the Hawks, there's really there's one guy that you know John constantly seems to have a connection with, a chemistry with on the team, and that happens to be the youngest, most pop well not youngest but the most popular player on the Hawks. And if you want to keep said particular player happy, unless if you replace John with something, um, that's a very much a plus. Um, this yeah, I mean, we haven't that'll... seen Trey play with Capella yet, and maybe he'll do something similar there. But yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I just think, hey, I <laughs> you want to keep uh, Trey happy, and then also just because you look at it, Trey's on Trey's still on his rookie contract, <laughs> so you might want to get the most out of this team that you can with Trey on his contract. Right, uh, rookie contract. Yeah, and I think John's uh-huh. contract plays a big factor in this. Like, I yeah. mean, the Hawks aren't aren't beating down John Collins's door with an extension at the moment. Uh, you know, it's at least you know they're not coming up publicly and saying, "Hey, we're going to show up at twelve oh one on the day that we can show up with it." But I think most of that's just because, you know, he's going to have a low number against the cap next summer, and to keep the roster flexibility that they currently have. And and probably the last window that they'll be able to keep it if they're serious. I mean, obviously, they're going to be serious about Trey Young, but I imagine that they're going to feel the same way about Cam Reddish a year after that. You know, you you take your flexibility window 
in the chance that you can get it because you might not have it again anytime soon. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's kind of where I'm there. I'm just thinking, like, they're just going to have to bring back, to me, they're going to have to bring back John um, to, one, appease your star player, to appease, you know, the entertainment of the city because, you know, this is the ticket this is the ticket selling business i guess as they would say um and yeah you know selling tickets help i mean i think it's it's interesting i mean we saw collins this year like he was a phenomenal shooter like he was just you know i don't think we've seen a combination of somebody who could score with volume and have incredible touch inside and incredible touch outside like he was almost unprecedented in what he did in, you know, whatever fraction of the season that he got because of the bubble at the end and the suspension to the beginning. But in between, my goodness, I mean, he was just so much. But at the same time, you know, he got to be the center in a lot of those lineups. Now he's going to have to be a power forward next to Capella some of the time. And I, there's probably questions of fit. It's just a little bit weird that the Hawks haven't come out with more public love for him. I don't, You know what I mean? It just... It's a little bit weird. I yeah. don't know if that's a negotiating tactic or if they're just being careful or, you know, like I said, I think it's just that they're waiting because that keeps them flexible and they want that flexibility through next summer. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he seems kind of like the players, one of the players, you know, given what he did last season, that that, that would be something that Travis Link liked an awful lot. But I mean, I guess he wants to see it next to some other pieces and some other schemes. I, I don't know. Offensively, his skill set is unique. Um, you, it'd be hard to find a player that could replace the um, offense offense that he provides. And right. yeah, his offensive skill set is unique. Um, in terms of just like, I guess you'd. Um, sorry, you said it's so much more better than I'm about to butcher and say it right now. But say the popularity of him as a player. I wonder how much of that factored into the suspension um, that happened for, well, since it was a shortened season, it feels like half the season uh, he missed or more than half the season he missed. So I wonder how much of that kind of factored into that as to why you didn't see his name out there more. Um, I guess. I, I mean, 2020 has been such a long year. That suspension feels like it happened in the 1990s. Uh, yeah. I mean, 2020 doesn't have a whole lot of benefits, but if you were trying to forget something that happened in the recent past, it's probably pretty good. (laughs) We probably have some listeners like, oh yeah, there was a suspension. And like, these are diehard Hawks fans that like, you know, jar their memory a little bit just because it's not, I don't know, it feels like a long time ago. Like Alex Lynn was on the team. Do you guys remember that? (laughs) Who was the player that... Who, there was somebody that's like, oh, I like it. I'm literally there, like, oh, Ty Wallace. It's like Tyrone Wallace was on the Hawks last year, and I'm sure I, I definitely <laughs> talked to him a couple times. But it's like, I don't know. Somehow I came across the roster as something like Ty Wallace. My God, that it, it feels like he was on a team that had like Tabo Cephalosha on it or something. Like it, it seems like it was a while back. Oh, oh my. There, there's the um, yeah, you're right. The Renaissance of uh, Jabari Parker, that 
you're right. That feels like it was like five years ago. <laughs> less than a year. Oh my goodness! Look what you're doing to me, Kale. <laughs> That's okay. We can go off the rails. Oh, did did we go off the rails there? I, I apologize. No, we're just teetering. I, so socks related. What What do you think about uh, free unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, players who might be free agents if they turn down their option? Uh, do you have feelings on? Gordon Hayward. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm struggling. So, on, I'm struggling on the Bojan Bogdan, but uh, Bogdan Bojanovic. Up until we started this call, I was trying to understand what in the world happened with Bog with. Um, I was going to say Bogey, um, Bogdan, but Bogdan. Yeah, let's just go with that. So. Let me understand this. There was a sign and trade in place for him to go to the Bucks, but then he just said no, nah. Right. I and would. the conspiracy theorists are saying, well, this is now something where this has happened because, you know, as soon as the sign and trade got leaked, it's like, well, you can't do sign and trades yet. That would be tampering. So now there's the theory that the reason he suddenly come out with the I don't want to go to Milwaukee thing is because they want to make it seem like a tampering thing. Or not a tampering thing, I'm sorry. Um, okay. And I have no idea. I mean, that's that's a theory that's been espoused. I honestly don't have any idea. I, I honestly okay, was so... surprised the Kings had any interest in the mixed bag of spare parts that Milwaukee was sending back. But, I mean, I guess if you don't think that you can re-sign Bogdanovich, then... If one of those pieces interests you, you do it. Maybe they just feel like uh, he's going to walk. Or, or He's a restricted free agent, so he can't just outright walk. But if he signs a contract that they don't want to match, then he walks. And so I guess they feel like if they get an asset for that. But I just didn't feel like the Bucks were really sending any assets their way. I, you know. I just, just am so confused as to... Okay, so it's not like the Bucks just out of thin air came up with this rumor mill thing to say there's a sign and trade agreement. So it's like, I'm okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. My, my brain is getting fried just thinking about how that's even possible. I mean, I guess that, part of it though, I think if you think like, even with like the Drew holiday trade, it's like, we'll evaluate the trade. Won't went to the Pelicans, won't went to the Bucks. You know, even then the context is, hey, we're trying to show Giannis what we're doing. So I think the rush to get the news out there, hey, look, here's another move we're going to make, is to just kind of say, hey, look, the Bucks are going for it. Giannis, see this. And Giannis probably clearly like knew about the holiday trade, at least for one. It's like, would you want to play with him? And it seems like he would have to give some sort of tacit approval or be excited about it for them to do it. But I think part of it is then they just the Bucks want to look aggressive. So that may be part of the right, reason right. that the sign and trade got leaked so, uh, preemptively. So I, I have a quick 30 second um, kind of just, I don't want to say rants, but thought on the Drew Holiday trade. But let me just first of all say real quick Drew Holiday is a great player statistically. You know, there are numbers out there of how great he is defensively, how much he helps the team win, just all the positive things you got to look up. Right. But trading three firsts, Bledsoe and Hill, for a player that, I don't know, do we – 
where do we put him in the rankings of like top like 25? It, is he in there? Um, yeah, we I mean, don't I see think him. he's he's fine. Like when I look at that trade, it's like, okay, you have to just be absolutely lock solid certain that Giannis is going to stay. And if you're well, yeah, if you so feel like that, then they're going to be crappy first. Like they're going to be 27, 28, 29, 30, and then the trade's fine. But you got to be like, what if he has some sort of you're like, I don't know. Until there's a ink with signature on a piece of paper, you better walk on super unbelievable eggshells because like if Giannis goes and things go south for the Bucks and then it's three first, then my god, that's a disaster. I I mean, because it's Giannis, yes. But I'm just thinking in my mind, like just not thinking of Giannis. I'm just thinking, I'm like, three first for Drew Holiday at age 30? Yeah, I mean, three um, terrible also, first. So, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah. I mean, I get – and, you know, the other thing that has to factor into it is uh, you probably have to have some sort of good feeling that you can re-sign Drew. So, like, if, if you're real certain, like, okay, Giannis is going to re-sign and Drew is going to re-sign, then it's fine. And you better have really great intel or really great assurances, wink, wink, nod, nod, that both of those things are going to happen, then and then, it, then it's fine. But yeah, three firsts for an expiring, even three awful shitty firsts would, would be a lot. But I mean, so, so, so we're saying agreement. So an agreement that Drew will come back, not kind of like, not the agreement of like Kyrie saying he was going to go return to the Celtics, but <laughs> not, not that kind of agreement, but, um, yeah, but, um, I, I don't know. Uh, shout, shout out, um, Drew. We have, we happen to have the same birthday, so I'm, I'm connected in that way, but I don't know. He's an older guard, uh, defensive who's had, um, injury problems. I don't know that that would kind of worry me, but it's Giannis. So, sorry, that was my quick kind of like side, even though I know we started all this on uh, Bogdanovich. Um, I mean, if he is actually available, if he is available and say they don't start again with this sign and trade business, I would I would love to I would offer. Yeah, I would give him an offer as a uh, restricted free agent and see if. um See if Sacramento matches that. Um, he's 28. He's still like he's a good defensive player. I feel like I've seen him play games where it's just like, hey, he's he's a positive, a net positive out on the floor, playing off the ball. Um, playmaking, I'm not. Well, I will say I haven't watched him enough to think that, but I would be all for it, all for it for him, just because of what I have seen defensively, offensively, that he can bring to the table. Okay. Like, if you, what if you had to pick, like, uh, if you had to make a decision, like, make a push for Gordon Hayward versus make a push for Bogdanovich. Oh. Thank you. And, you, you, you know, you, you got to figure that Hayward probably gets more money. He's a little yeah. bit older, a little bit bigger. I don't know. Would, like, okay. Just well, with, with some my... of those caveats, like which way would you lean? Okay. Here's here's my thoughts on it. And I'm about to just create um, fire just like 
people are going to be so mad. I'm sorry at my mentions. In fact, I'm not even going to mention my uh, Twitter account on this. I'm whispering. I would love to have Hayward more. <laughs> yeah. I think, Hay- I think Hayward provides more. And be- Yeah, I Hayward? think it's kind of a higher ceiling, lower floor kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like the Hayward? injury risk kind of makes him the lower floor. I don't know. Like, I think he's a better playmaker. He's bigger. He can, he can, you know, play more of the three and the four in bigger positions. Bogdanovich can't do that. And I think the Hawks could use somebody a little bit bigger. Bogdanovich is maybe a little more redundant with somebody like Herder. Um, right. I think right. Hayward yeah. gives you, you know, more flexibility with some of the pieces that you already have. Uh, so I think he's a bigger I, ceiling. You're just going to have to commit more money. You're going to have to, uh, you know, take a bigger risk. He's older. He's going to turn 31 this season, I think. So if you start throwing in the big bucks there for somebody with a, you know, he's had a checkered injury history the last couple of years. That's mm. true. It's the risk you got to take. I mean, you've, this is, I mean, I guess the other thing is, you know, how do you feel? They, the Hawks have to figure out how they feel about 2021 because that's clearly going to be a much better free agent class than this one. Um, I don't know what's realistic to think about what's attainable in that free agency class, but certainly more options. This is a this is a very limited free agency class, I think. Uh, I don't know. As the Atlanta optimist, what did Uh-oh. I say? Optimist, mm. pessimist. As the Atlanta pessimist when it comes to free agency. You know all the Atlanta results that have led you to get all that optimism over the years. Kale, let me bring you back to the time, way back in the time when it was advertised that the Hawks could free up, um, free up their cap space to get both Chris Paul and Chris Paul and Dwight Howard in in, in their primes. They didn't land any of that. There, there are numerous times that the Hawks have had cap room and said, "Hey, let's go after this star player." No. And we end up signing Kent Bazemore or to an extension or something. So let me <laughs> let me say let me so let me go and talk about in the future when we're talking about um, 2021's free agency. I have no faith in. I'm just pessimistic that way. So if the Hawks by some you know some way can get Hayward, I think he would be be a fantastic fit. Because he's still a good player, he doesn't he's necessarily re- he doesn't necessarily rely on his athleticism. He's a mixture between skill and athlete. So that means pretty much as he ages, he still has the skill that's still there. Right. He's and a I great shooter. He's also a great passer. Like I think that gets missed a lot. Yes, and this would help. Um, he would help the development of some of the younger players because I know a lot of fans care about that. Like. Trey won't have to have the ball the whole time. Um, you could literally throw him at in at the three or the four. Play him with either, um, you know, play him with um, um, blanking on our players' names, Hunter or Reddish, or heck, we could try to go super small. Play all three of them. Um, although it would be interesting to me to see that. Um, and this is, you know, a purely purely ironic story or just thought that basically he's. I don't want to say he's getting phased out of Boston because of two young wings that are growing under him. Right. 
in Boston, but for him to come to Atlanta and then watch two years from now and be like, now, wait a second. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but yeah. Yeah, purely optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's I would, love, I would love him. Yeah, I don't know why he wants to leave Boston, to be honest. It's like, I know that there's a certain amount of certainty that comes with, you know, if he opts out and signs a new contract, there's a certain, you know, you get the the certitude of the future years versus the one year, but he could make an awful lot of money playing for a very good team, playing for a college coach. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, I think their relationship with Hayward and Stevens is good. I, were there any bumps? I don't remember. Uh, I, it's, it does seem a little perplexing I, that he would want to leave. I don't know if he's getting the nudge or <laughs> right yeah the the gentle disinvite um i don't know it's i'm just as i mean i'm confused at it but also it kind of makes me wonder um you know skeptical on his availability because this is danny age and i when was the last time danny age kind of like didn't let an asset go for nothing just it it's rare because you know, he does ask for a lot for for everything that he does. You know, what is you know, a good GM, which he, I would want. He was to. so close on so many great moves though. All the times that he was gonna trade for the top three pick or <laughs> land the superstar. I mean, gosh darn it, Boston's comes close so many times. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey look, don't I'm to say. I had a point, but then you kinda of, oh, kidding. I I don't know. They're apparently, I believe, I well, I don't know. I don't know how long, um, or rather, when is this whole extension for Hayward like? Is he supposed to announce like he? Well, oh, I think he's going to decide tomorrow. Like, it's not a, it's okay. not an extension. It's uh, he's he's got uh, a player option for the final season of his deal, and I think I think the initial deadline thought. Blah, 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 blah. See, told you I was rusty. I think the initial deadline was yesterday. And I think they bumped it to, you know, tomorrow. Let's use days of the week here. I think it was, uh, two, I think the original deadline was Tuesday and they bumped it to Thursday. Um, so by the time this thing's on the air and listening to it, you know, we may have already gotten to the Gordon Hayward decision. Uh, I'll try to have this up in the morning. But, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a short shelf life on that. He's going to have to make his decision very, very soon. But. We're we're getting our, rec- our our we're getting our opinions out on public record be, uh, before <laughs> I okay well, let me say, I Josh Lane approve of Gordon Hayward I would love him in Atlanta yeah All right. I, I spoke directly into the mic that time just so everyone could hear that yeah I that I can't disagree. I mean, I, I'd still be very, very nervous about it, but I, I do think that getting him would be a a healthy, healthy risk, uh, a good risk. So you, you got to get lucky sometimes, and I, I, I think nervous. it's the kind of move they kind of have to make. I'm I'm nervous for the injury risk, but I right. think that's that's the big yeah, one. Like, yeah, the kind of move you have to make because. Oh my goodness! Just <laughs> come on, come on, Hawks fans. Who are the free agents we've gotten in the past? Like, like let, let let's be real. I mean, honestly, like 
Boston fans will openly acknowledge that like, he's the biggest free agent catch that the Celtics have ever gotten. Like this is the Boston Celtics with what seventeen championships or whatever they have. Like it's like who's the yeah. greatest free agent signing in Celtics history? And it's almost you know to a person to, to to every single Celtics fan they're gonna say oh Gordon Hayward, and it hasn't it's been choppy there. But at the time you know he was a he was a big name and he's a really good player. He was an All Star the the season before the Celtics got him. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's a certain cachet there. And if, if you're a team that hasn't historically landed a whole bunch of free agents, then that, that's a pretty big get. The, Hawk, the Hawks have some flexibility. Their their name is getting thrown around on everybody. It's it's getting tossed oh around for, I mean, Rajon Rondo? Like, I, I don't see it. I, I mean, I know the Hawks need a backup point guard, but I don't know. I just no. That just seems like, hey, here's an agent. Uh, we have a player who would like to get a contract hopefully a much larger contract can you please name a team with a need and lots of cap room it's like oh the hawks let's leak that rumor you, you mean the team that came out and said um hey we're openly trying to push for the playoffs and we need a veteran that didn't and help that didn't help yeah i mean yeah. certainly that's going to get even more names linked to you when you kind of put that mandate out there yeah oh my goodness rondo oh boy uh, you mentioned that name. Um, I mean, I, I, I go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, am I, am I a bad person for not really liking that fit um, for Atlanta? And also I don't kind of, I don't really see why he would want to come here just thinking on it, but maybe just, maybe that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it seems weird. Like I, I have complete and total 100% faith that like, when you get to like a conference finals and it's game six and he's going to be out there for 20 minutes a game, he's going to be like 400% better than he was in the regular season. Uh, and he's going to do a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. And, you know, he's gotten to the point in his career where he's a decent enough shooter. You know, if you leave him open, chances are he's going to have a, a game where he makes you pay and pay badly. I mean, he's, he's a good player, but, you know, at a certain age it gets, I don't know. Like, what's his regular season defense going to look like when you're playing Charlotte in February on the road? Like, I don't know. I, I, I just doesn't seem right. Doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, and then also, well, you say conference finals, and I'm thinking, oh, if the Hawks made it to the conference finals, but that's a that's a whole that's another story. But easy, Josh. Right. They they just need to be a ten seed this year so that they can get their nine uh, ten game. Oh, man, no, yeah, you bring up. I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, what's going to happen when the Hawks are playing the Wizards in January fifteenth? <laughs> um, is he gonna is he gonna be out there if they tell him go guard Brad Beal? What what's gonna happen? Uh, or future wizard Russell Westbrook? Wow, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you, you have a point. And then also, like at his age, like does he want to come to a rebuilding team? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's weird. He like want- he he seems like a player who'd be good around like peers. And if he comes here, there's just like no peers. It's like a bunch of 22 year olds. Like Capella's gonna be the old man in the room. Well, Deadman's gonna be there, but. I don't know. Just he seems like the kind of vet that would want a veteran-laden team. Like he seems like the kind of guy that would be very happy on the Lakers or the Clippers or somebody like that. 
Yeah, that's why, you know, I'm kind of thinking of what you were mentioning about um, pushing for leverage. Um, I'm definitely thinking that's what's happening in this case with Rondo between like the Lakers and the Clippers just going to one of those two teams. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see it with the Hawks. And then also I don't really like it, the fit with the Hawks. Cause I don't know, just how, how much of the regular season is he going to contribute? And yeah, just so many other questions. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. Well, did I live up to my promises? Were there things that we were supposed to talk about that we didn't? Um. Let's, let me let me, let me look at our correspondence. What, what did our correspondence look like? Oh, yeah, no. No, no, <laughs> check, 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 check. Check. We even had that crazy, like, 30-minute discussion about Queen's Gambit earlier in the podcast, but um, wow, yeah, I th- I think we missed, but but no one wants to hear that. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I I think we got everything um draft related. Uh, okay, you know, obviously everything's going to be like warp speed <laughs> these next forty eight hours. To yeah, see, uh, for, see, um, so I oof. So I, I don't know. Okay, here's here's where we can end then. Um, wh- what do you see in the future of the Atlanta Hawks? Like, what what what's the season going to look like? Hmm. If everyone is healthy, and I say if because it feels like the last couple seasons, either someone is hurt or someone is suspended. Right. I see uh, it has to be an it's definitely an improved team because the young players it's another year for all the young players. I don't see any of them take the young guys taking a step back. Right. Um adding, adding Capella in is a vastly underrated upgrade um from what the Hawks were starting at center last year. Right. Um Speaking of which, we've got breaking news. Oh, I'm not usually the breaking news uh, in the podcast, but Chris Kirshner is saying that uh, the Hawks are not going to extend qualifying hours, qualifying offers to Damian Jones, DeAndre Bembry, Scalabissier, or Charlie Brown Jr. And they are going to fully, fully guarantee Brandon Goodwin's contract. So, Brandon Goodwin in, Damian Jones, DeAndre Bembry, Scalabissier, and Charlie Brown Jr. out. Uh, you kind of mentioned some of the interior defense, and there were some related names there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, I digress. Go uh, on. B- Bimbery to the Bucks. Just look out for that. <laughs> that honestly, not not too crazy there. I mean, the the Bucks. Uh, you know, they do. <laughs> I guess it's much more of an if now, but I think the Bucks. If they do sign and trade, then that brings in like a hard cap situation into play that they are going to be very, uh, they're going to have to tiptoe around that very, very carefully at that point because they're very close to that cap and would have many, many roster spots left because, you know, the sign and trade was going to send out DJ Wilson and uh, Dante 
Dante uh, Dante DiVincenzo. So, sure. you know, you start yeah. losing roster spots. Robin Lopez uh, opted out. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're going to have a lot of roster spots and a hard cap, and they will have to tread very lightly. So, uh, you know, an ex- an experienced defender with experience with Bud uh, on the cheap would would not be a huge surprise, honestly. The guy that drafted Bembry. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Wes, Wes drafted him. I'll never forget that because Wes was always trying to sell me, like, if, if DeAndre had a good game. Like, Did you see DeAndre? He's like, yeah. I mean, he's, he was good. <laughs> Wes, oh, Wes, Wes was good at the hard sell. These are the stories that you hear. <laughs> um, no, we did, we did forget to bring up one guy, um, Gallinari, yeah. um, because uh-huh. that was a rumor earlier today. Um, where is he now? He's just a rumor still, right? There was not like today, tonight was a whirlwind. Like there were trades that happened and my brain has not processed all of them yet. So pole yes. position. What? Oh, I don't, that's right. That pole means, position. Pole that was position. great. I, I don't know if that means like green flag, checker flag, uh, starting at the front of the pack. I don't know what that means. Last lap, uh, pole position, whatever that means. Um, I really like that. I'm, like I, I, Honestly, like of all the people we said, I think when you factor in like contract age, you know, some dicey health, but I'm not saying that he's the best player. He might be the best fit. He might be the best fit with the best contract. You know, you factor all the pieces in. He he might be the guy that I want. So I w- I'm I'm a little skeptical just in the terms of well. No, he's he's played a bunch of. I don't know why I think of him as um, an injury concern, but and now you, that I'm thinking about it, he has played a lot of games recently. Yeah. His last couple of years. Yeah, and um, you know the other thing we have to factor in is the same thing as Rondo. It's like this whole leverage argument. It's like, you know, yeah, is the Hawks the first name because you just need to have one cap space name out there to make the leverage? I I don't know, no idea. So all right, we'll, well see. I'm about to. Spit. I'm about to spin it so we go back to the beginning right here. Okay. Uh, hot, hot take with I just folded it on my tinfoil and I'm putting it on my hat. So wow. Don't, you know, just putting on my head so the aliens don't read my um, brain on this. The Hawks brought in a Conwu just so they could get Gallinari. <laughs> Perfect fit. J- just think of, no, no. Um, I mean, that's, I, I, I don't do, know where you're going there, but I would like that fit. That that they complement each other a lot. If if he were to come here, yeah. But right. yeah, that's all I have. I'm curious to see what free agents the um, Hawks try to go for. I know Derek Jones was a name that was mentioned earlier in the summer. Uh, uh, I'm crossing my fingers they can bring in some more shooting from the perimeter. Yeah, <laughs> scoring perimeter. Yeah. I mean they. Jones would be good. I mean, you need somebody who can do what he does. They need some some wing defenders. I mean, you hope, yeah. you're hoping that Cam Reddish is certainly one, and Hunter would kind of be the same thing. They'd probably be guarding the same kind of people. You could probably put Jones on somebody a little bit smaller and shiftier where you couldn't with Hunter. But you need, you need a lot of those guys to make stuff work. I mean, Jones Jones would be fine. I mean, it, of course, it depends on the contract a lot, but. Uh, I mean that that would be good. I I would be cool with that. Right. Okay. That's such um, a downer to end on, though. 
like oh, B-list free on. agent and the he'd be okay endorsement. That's okay. We can end on a dud. Like that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's free agents. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like it's like, been a long night. This is what I'm talking about. It's been a long night. It's, it it's been, been a long, long year. Yes, it's, it's been, been a long, long year. Night, a long year. Um, man, I, I I don't know. Though I did have fun. I ha- I haven't been able to talk with anyone about Hawks for a long time. Just physically be able to talk. Well, wait, where are you? Are you in Texas? Uh yes. Uh, are there a lot of way. Hawks fans in Texas? I have to ask you that without like giving away your GPS coordinates. Like, have have you encountered any Hawks fans in Texas? This is a good the good one to end on. Okay. Okay. Um, well, how long have you been there? Have you been there a long time? So, so I moved here. Um, we moved here um, in March. I moved here in March. Yes, I will say that I've been here since March. Um, I managed to get in right before everything shut down in the world. <laughs> um, as far as Hawks fans, I have not seen a single one since i've been here in the area that i'm at i see a lot of spurs fans which things could be much worse because boy um previously i was living around a lot of um lifetime lakers warriors fans Mm -hmm. in california but spurs fans it's like yeah hey how you guys doing (laughs) it's nice no hawks fans though huh there's still time. There's still time. Just me. They say um, Dominique Wilkins, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then they say, who else? And I'm like, uh, Trey. They asked me if they got. Yeah, they're like Trey Young, Joe Johnson. I'm like, hey, he doesn't play <laughs> for the team anymore. But yes. All right. So that's where we're at. That's where you're at. No Hawks fans. All right, Josh. I need to let Just you me. Sleep. I'm holding it down seconds. If you come to Austin, oops, sorry, gave away my GPS. But if you come here, let me know. All right. You could start the Austin Hawks fan club. Oh, yes. Start Just recruiting. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank no, thank you for uh, bringing me on. Hopefully, uh, when more craziness comes about, I can uh, jump on and give my crazy tinfoil hat opinions. All right. Sounds like a plan, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Yep.